Welcome to the Paris of the Plains. From Kansas City, I'm your host, Matt Hodat. I hate using the word delusional, but really, in my thinking, I was delusional. You know, I was just gone from reality. Started having racing thoughts. It was almost like I was God. You believe extraordinary stuff about yourself because you feel extraordinary. Have I been asleep? No. Have I been going? Yes. But when Alicia was going down, there were no words. It just were nowhere. So Kevin Bryce is a documentary filmmaker from Kansas City. His 2012 film, We Are Superman, explored the after effects of hypersegregation on Troost Avenue and a movement trying to transform it from a dividing line into a gathering place. What the DSM-5 says about bipolar disorder is a guide now, but I contributed to writing what it says. and. You know, I've seen the enemy and it's us. His new documentary, All These Flowers, investigates bipolar disorder through the stories of six people who have been diagnosed. And so they call it bipolar, and then they create this thing called the mixed episode. You know, so what is it? Is it bipolar? And are you bipolar? Uh, yes, I am diagnosed bipolar. Uh, So you have it in your medication, so you're doing well. This is a story of his personal journey through the making of the documentary and a narrative about how people we touch can change our lives. This is Kevin Bryce. So I came into documentary sort of by accident. Uh, I, I'm, my, my first love is, is narrative fiction films. Um, if you want to do that, you have to move to L.A. or New York, really, and then you start from the bottom, and who knows if you'll ever make it anywhere. So I wasn't ready to move, uh, and I was here in Kansas City, and I was working at 31st and Troost, and basically started to film my friends and the things I was getting involved in, and it expanded into this feature-length documentary, and I really loved the whole process. I had a friend come to me while we were wrapping up just some pickup shots for We Are Superman, and we were eating lunch and he said, Kevin, I have an idea for you. My sister has bipolar disorder and you should think about doing a story, telling her story. Well, little did he know that I have several close friends that have bipolar disorder. I have family members who have bipolar disorder. And so it really struck a chord when he said that. And I was like, you know what? Like, there's so much stigma. Everyone that I know who's been diagnosed is extremely secret about it don't want you know anybody to know and um, I wanted to know why why or why can't people talk about it and so uh, I pursued uh, this my friend's sister for a while came to turn out that his parents weren't really comfortable with it she wasn't really at a stable enough place to get involved but the process had begun and I'd already begun gathering others and so uh, all these flowers was born I was diagnosed bipolar when I was 12. To be diagnosed with bipolar at such a young age, people didn't know what was going on. You know, my actions weren't that of a, this wild person or this person that was all out of it. You couldn't tell unless you were like, okay, he normally doesn't act like this. The film is, a, is the journey of six individuals diagnosed with bipolar disorder. It is an experience of their life and struggle. Diagnosed me bipolar manic. 
I have insomnia, I have depression, I got PTSD. I can't think of all of them. <laughs> the film seeks to define bipolar disorder, um, but there, what I found is there's not a clear definition. So what it is more than just a definition of the disorder, it is an experience of those diagnosed with it. I was diagnosed about four months after I got married, which was very difficult. It took me almost 10 years to accept my diagnosis and take it seriously. Their, their surrounding communities, their counselors, therapists, um, it, they all come from different treatment strategies. Some refuse meds, some have tried natural roots, some have tried small doses, some are on very heavy doses of different medications. Uh, some have are more depressive, some are more manic. A bipolar person, they experience the human condition with a greater sensitivity. And so, something that is a minor, like, you know, a minor smile or a minor down to someone else is a great up or a great down. Because they're operating on a different level of sensitivity to the normal human condition. So to say that it's a it's an error in the brain, well I don't know about that. So uh, coincidentally, uh, my I have bipolar disorder in my family, so there's the genetics in there. Um, and over the past seven years, um, discovering myself, I've not been on a, um, I've not been rushed in trying to find out. To me, when you're discovering uh, the nuances of your own brain, so I wasn't interested in rushing myself, which, so this film was very much a personal study on myself. And the day I finished principal editing um, was the same day I was diagnosed by a doctor with bipolar 2 disorder, which is a disorder that leans more towards the depressive side than the manic side. Bipolar 1 leans towards the manic. Imagine that you could feel that 2 plus 3 equals 7. Imagine it. Though you looked over and over again at the equation, it didn't seem right that 2 plus 3 equals 5. It seems like you have a special insight that it equals 7, and somehow you know deep down inside that it really equals 7, and that this is all a lie, that this whole 2 plus 2 or 2 plus 3 equals 5 thing is a lie, you know? And so deep down, you know that it really equals 7, but you can't prove that to anybody else. But they're all in on, on it, you know, accepting that it's 5, and that, you know, they can prove it objectively and, you know what I mean? But you feel, you know the truth and that it's seven. You know, that's what you're battling with. For me personally, uh, my seven, my, my phony answer is feeling like I'm a complete failure. Uh, and there's, I just do everything wrong. That's my fake thought that becomes very, in my early 20s, took a very firm grip on my reality. And, you know, almost commit suicide a few times. That 
that false thought doesn't have nearly the strength that it used to have. Um, it comes, there are trigger points when it will come during those couple months of the year. Um, but it only ever takes hold uh, for a couple days. I was given medication, which uh, it's classic for someone who's been diagnosed to go off of their meds at least four times uh, before they finally accept what they have. I myself have accepted it. Uh, I kind of, I went through the, the years of figuring it out before I was uh, gonna get the diagnosis. But I lost my health insurance. Uh, I'm a Canadian citizen and there was just a, an issue with my paperwork through the healthcare.gov stuff, the disaster of their online stuff. And so I had to send paperwork two times, the same amount, the same paperwork twice. Uh, both times it got lost. I just recently found out that I could re-enroll, so I tried to re-enroll and they said, you have to send the paperwork again, or we can give you an exemption. I was like, just give me the exemption. I've tried for literally for a year. So uh, the, the, I was I was prescribed Lamotrigin or Lamictal, which is like something like two or three dollars a pill. It's like very expensive. I believe that through a very healthy childhood that I've had and through a very healthy support network, I can do it. And I, I'm not extreme. I'm, I'm more, if there's a spectrum, I'm like uh, somewhere past the middle. Uh, but uh, so I, I've been able to manage without the medications. Some of us say bipolar disorder and some of us say bipolar disorders because it sort of depends on whether you want to carve nature at its joints or whether you see this as a spectrum. One of the characters was in Pittsburgh um, and his psychologist uh, ended up being in the film more than he did. Uh, he was Dave, 65 years old, but his uh, doctor, Dr. Frank, a uh, psychologist, professor at Pitt. She's been studying for 35 years. She had a lot to say. Her interviews for me were so fascinating. And I think many of us do see the bipolar disorders as a spectrum that runs from very seriously impairing disorder that includes periods of psychosis during mania through, maybe it's not even fair to say milder conditions, but different conditions that don't involve any psychosis, but severe periods of mania where the person is very overactivated, may exhibit very bad judgment in many areas of their life. We're talking about inability to work. We're talking about behavior that leads to trouble with the law. We're talking about behavior that leads to severe impairment in personal relationships, so behavior that leads to separation or divorce or cutoffs from people you were once close to, um, or spending so much that you find yourself bankrupt. Yeah, well, they say one in four or one in five, depending on who you talk to, have a diagnosable mental illness. Um, 
I would, I would say it's probably everybody at some point in their life has a diagnosable mental illness. But the one in four, one in five maybe have a lifelong thing that they need to address. I, I want people to walk away going, uh, oh, I, I actually didn't know what bipolar disorder was. I, um, and then also not thinking they want to self-diagnose, but thinking I can actually relate with someone who's been diagnosed with this disorder. And hopefully they won't be so quick to judge um, or to draw conclusions on who a person is. Uh, and just to have a greater understanding for anyone who's struggling with mental illness as a whole. The idea of walking away not thinking that someone with the disorder is the disorder. Uh, they are bipolar. It's, a, it's like saying they are asthma or they are cancer. Uh, no, they're not cancer. <laughs> Uh, they have it and they struggle with it and they will hopefully survive and that's what I want with someone thinking of someone with bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or ADD or PTSD or all these things that it's you know, it's it's a part of who they are and it's something that they have to struggle through and if I can be a support in some way that would be great to me I look at it as like s circles like a like ripples um, you know, you have the person who's diagnosed and that person needs a strong community around them. And when I say community, I mean mainly like three or four people that are backbones for them. In the film, you see moms often, but wives, husbands. Um, Sue is a, a, the wife in the film. She's a strong voice. Donovan's mother, Burnett, is a strong voice. But then Burnett and Sue, which I, this is another point in the film that I couldn't get to, they each have a circle of three or four people around them. Burnett has four sisters. Uh, Sue has a daughter and a son. And, and then, you know, and then again, you can probably go out one more further that I didn't research. I'm sure the aunts have people around them. And it's like all of this network is supporting uh, Donovan and David and, and Bonnie uh, to recover. Thanks to Kevin Bryce for sharing his story with us. You can always listen to this story again at www.parisoftheplainspodcast.com. Also, make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to see the film, it's being screened at the Tivoli in Westport tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Thanks to our sponsors, KKFI and Charlotte Street Foundation. All our music is original and written by composer Jamie Searle. Our digital and graphic work is done by Matthew Sullivan. I'm Matt Hodap. Thanks for listening. Yeah.